Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of I Read Somewhere That. And as my husband pointed out, January is the month that seems to have 900 days in it, not 31. So I wanted to bring you this cheerful post um, by about Patricia Highsmith, which I think is quite funny. And I subscribe to something called Get Wit Quick um, on Substack, and they have this post about Patricia Highsmith's dark genius, or murder, snails, and stale donuts. Who better to give advice than one of the most miserable, hateful, and sour writers of the 20th century? To discover lasting authentic joy, simply do the opposite of what Patricia Highsmith recommends. She said, feeling lousy, depressed, like a failure, as if what you're doing at the moment is futile. Just decide you're going to feel happy. Forget feeling sweaty and dirty in Levi's that should go in the laundry. Forget your bank account and your lack of income. Possibly make a martini, but only one. Enjoy that cigarette and that cup of coffee. Be a perfectionist. Get a real lift from meticulously correcting a spelling mistake in a manuscript that isn't going to sell. Smile inside. Which I thought was really quite funny. The piece goes on to say, All Highsmith's anguish was channeled into her work, where it worked. In her life, not so much. When she was just 27, her book, Strangers on a Train, was snatched up by Alfred Hitchcock. To have a first novel hit that big could overwhelm a normal person. But the new collection, Patricia Highsmith, Her Diaries and Notebooks, 1941 to 1995, reveals a woman pre-whelmed, oversexed, and six sheets to the wind. That's what the site says. And now, of course, I have to go and get that because it sounds fascinating. The site goes on to say this gorgeous, brilliant, ambitious, amoral author didn't set out to write thrillers. She wanted to be Dostoevsky, but she insisted that her books be readable, so readable that the reader doesn't want to put it down even once. And she did this with diabolical characters and a wit so cold it cracked. Tom Ripley, better known as the talented Mr. Antihero of four of her 22 novels, stands above all else as a charming young man who isn't a murderer per se, more someone who will occasionally murder if it simply can't be helped. Before that, though, he takes his victims apart with icy obsessions like Freddie was the son of an American hotel chain owner and a playwright self-styled, Tom gathered, because he'd only written two plays and neither had seen Broadway. So to browse Highsmith's journal is to tour a mind that thinks in these dark, definitive statements. Sometimes writing is like being seen crying at a friend's funeral, she'll write, or the majority of people cannot handle the brains they've been given. She records dozens of lovers and gallons of booze, proudly noting her famous seven martini days, interspersed with murderous notes, like a handy little list of little crimes for little tots, such as setting careful fires so someone else will get the blame if possible. Hmm, If you think about it, a lot of really famous um, TV series and books these days have done exactly that. 
And then the post goes on to say, oh, and the snails. She kept hundreds of the slimy gastropods as pets, thrilling to their silence, their modest food demands, their decorative virtue and their strange mating. In the end, she was, in the words of critic Terry Castle, an embittered expatriate, mind-blitzing drunk and hellacious bigot who spent her last years sequestered in a brutalist redoubt in Switzerland. So the gap between Patricia Highsmith's brilliant fiction and her disastrous life may just be the gap in her recommend recommendations. She says this, advice to a young writer, Approach the typewriter with respect and formality. Is my hair combed? My lipstick on straight? Above all, are my cuffs clean and properly shot? The typewriter is quick to detect any nuance of irreverence and can retaliate in kind in double measure and effortlessly. And here's how she ended up doing it so well, writing so well. How I write these days, or is anybody interested, she questions, I do everything possible to avoid a sense of discipline. I write on my bed, bed made up, myself fully, but not decently closed, having once surrounded myself with ashtray, cigarettes, matches, hot or warm cup of coffee, a stale part of a donut, and a saucer with sugar to dip it in after dunking. My position is as near fetal as possible, still permitting writing. It is a womb of my own. And actually, as a person who loves to write on the bed with everything scattered around me from snacks to my cat to refreshments, I think that's fabulous advice. Anyway, so um, we're in the darkness of January and I hope you've enjoyed this post as much as I've enjoyed recording it. Thank you very much. Bye.